the highlight of the night was Bannon. You know, Giuliani, Andrew Giuliani, who gets the MVP, he's my new PR guy. He's great. He's been telling me for weeks, Bannon loves you. I go, no way. He goes, Sid, I'm telling you. So I walk over to Steve. Before anybody was even there, it was very quiet. And he said, I know who you are, Sid. I love this show. You got the best show on the station. I told Katsimatidis, you're the uh, only great show he's got. You're great. I love you. And that was it. He had me right then and there. Like Jerry Maguire. You had me at hello. So congratulations, Steve Bannon. You had me at hello. Good morning. Sid, thank you so much uh, for having me on. But, no, the president's a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. He's got uh, a lot of huge fans. I keep saying the show should be uh, syndicated across the nation. Best, best morning show in the country. Oh, my God, Steve. That is that is really, really huge coming from you. I, I really, really mean it. I'm, you said it on Saturday. You, you just said it again now to my huge audience this morning, and it means an awful lot to me. It really does. And, look, the truth is you look back at the president's success in 2016 when he won, and even in 2020 when he uh, seemingly won there, too, and none of that is possible. He'd be the first to admit it. None of that is possible Without your help, I mean, you really put together a brilliant strategy and continue to now as he runs for a third time. How did that whole start, the whole Bannon-Trump friendship and now this uh, great uh, relationship? It really come from uh, – I had known the president come on the show a couple of times. It was really Breitbart. Remember, what happened in mid-August of 15 is that the uh, the campaign after the convention got a little off track, and uh, I had a, a specific uh, – uh, talent for going after the Clintons, and so I was brought in as chairman of the uh, or CEO of the campaign in mid-August, and we just had a plan: let the president be the president. You know, he had a plan, he had a he had a strategy, uh, he had a message, and uh, we didn't have any money, didn't have a lot of organization. But I thought we would be. I told him the first day when he asked me, August I think 14th, that uh, 100% metaphysical certitude you will win if you just stick to your message. Don't let anything else divert you. And I think at that time we eight. 10 points down, 12 points down, but it didn't matter. That's exactly the story told on Saturday night about Billy Bush weekend when everybody else, including Chris Christie, was sitting there telling him to drop out. And I said, this is absurd. We got three and a half weeks to go. You're going to win this thing. We're 100% we're going to win it. We just got to stick to the message. People don't care about locker room talk. The country, they're losing their country, and it's worse today. You know, New York, look at New York City. New York City is on the, on the verge of financial collapse. Yeah. Eric Adams is down there being a supplicant, begging for a $5 billion bailout, which is not coming. The Republican House is not going to bail out New York City, just like they're not going to bail out Ukraine. And Eric Adams, with invite, you know, becoming a sanctuary city and inviting in, I don't know, 125, 200,000 illegal alien invaders, is destroying the infrastructure in New York City. So the country's in worse shape because Biden and uh, these guys stole the 2020 election. And you see where we are. So we got to get Trump. CNN's lead story today, Trump up in Michigan, Trump up in Georgia. Uh, the poll out in Iowa today, Trump's up by, I don't know, 50 points. So things are going great uh, for President Trump, but it's going terrible for the country. 100% right. And uh, the caucus is now, Steve Bannon, just a couple of weeks away, you know, for months and months. Because i got to tell you, and I, I, I stick by this. Look. Trump did not have a very good last December. He just didn't, right? The dinner, the Kanye West, uh, the Constitution, all this I believe, I really believe this. I thought it was a genius move by Donald Trump. A, because it was a great political move, but B, because he actually cares. Like, Donald Trump has heart. He actually cares. When he stepped foot, Steve Bannon, in East Palestine, Ohio, 
Amen. While Amen. Biden was taking pictures with Zelensky out in the garden, I said that day, I said, here comes Trump, because America just found a guy that cares. That's why your show uh, ought to be nationwide. I mean, that's <laughs> the pivot point. When he went to East Palestine, it was the it was the uh, it was the uh, it was the difference in the whole thing to show that, hey, I'm with the American people. And, and by the way, Biden has never gone. <laughs> Biden is still never gone. And the place wow. is a mess. How? We went out there and recorded. Well, you saw said, I think, uh, Saturday night <clears throat> and the president did give you a number of shout outs. The um, you saw the humanity right there. I kind of wish he had dumped the part of the uh, prepared remarks and just been uh, like he was uh, like he was uh, it was a throwback to like Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin. It felt <laughs> like the Rat Pack. He was just sitting there telling story after story as a rank on tour. Right. It was incredible. His humanity. And people are saying this African-American men, Hispanic men. You see the poll numbers, the, the kids uh, under uh, under 35. Now that their economic future has been destroyed. Everybody's coming to Trump. And the reason is I think they see his humanity and the trip to East Palestine uh, was, showed the humanity that he would go out there and actually uh, want to get involved with helping those guys turn it around when Biden is looking to send more money to Ukraine. No, I thought that was it, too, Steve. I really did, and I've, I've maintained that. If people talk about, no, it was the indictments. No, it was Biden. And I said, no, no. He went to Ohio, and uh, that was the beginning of what's been a magnificent run. Now, look, I, I'm kind of like Yogi Berra. It's not over till it's over. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's no way he can lose the primary. I still have folks at Fox News, by the way, trying to convince me it's not over yet. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley? Steve, she's down like a 1,000 points. What, she picked up a point in New Hampshire? She picked up a point in Iowa? What do I care? She's got no, there is no chance. The primary is over. I don't know why every Republican voter and politician in this country at this point is not rallying around Trump. Do they want more Joe Biden? Do they want Gavin Newsom? What do they want? Hey, here's, here's, I think, what you're seeing. Of course, Fox this morning, they're humping this Wall Street Journal poll, which shows Trump beating Biden, by the way. And the crosstabs are amazing. What they're pushing is Nikki Haley's up on Biden. The, the plan what they have with Nikki Haley is consolidate. I think they don't believe they can beat Trump. But what they want to do is get these neoliberal, neocon forces, all the big donors around Nikki, and force her on the ticket in July. They want her as VP right now. The figure she can get in the administration <clears throat> and run the thing. Uh, but there's no That's chance. The I mean, I can't imagine that you and Trump sit there and, you, and her name comes up and you guys are okay with all the bashing she's done the last year. And by the way, she walked out in the middle of her stay there and really stabbed Don right in the back. In, uh, when she resigned, it was four weeks before the 2018 midterm. She could have waited four weeks. She specifically bailed on him four weeks before to basically show that I'm not with Trump. Nick, Nikki Haley's terrible. Now, the president will make his own decision, but I think of the, the list of VPs out there, Nikki Haley would be the worst. But trust me, the Murdochs and the donors, uh, Ken, uh, Ken Langone, all these big donors, they're all getting back in Nikki. Uh, one, hoping something happens to Trump legally, and she's the backup. But if not, which I don't think anything's going to happen legally, if not, to force her on the ticket as a VP. And I think, I think there's enough people around President Trump that are MAGA. That would tell him absolutely no way you can have Nikki Haley anywhere near the White House. I'm telling him that right now. If he's listening right now on the way to court this morning, please, Mr. President, don't do it. I mean, like you said, you know, look, uh, there's been people that say, he actually said to me on this show, Steve, he was on about uh, six weeks ago. 
And he said, Sid, I got to tell you, I never saw a VP uh, candidate that helped uh, a president win. He he really downgraded the importance of the B- VP. And then there are folks that say, no, 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 listen, he can't win with women. And as he pointed out on Saturday night, what are you talking about? I'm doing great with suburban women. But if you buy that, if you buy that, you know, you've got uh, Stefanik, you've got uh, Carrie Lake, you've got uh, Tulsi Gabbard. There's enough folks out there that have not stabbed Donald Trump in the back 15 times, but I didn't get the impression, Steve Bannon, a couple of weeks ago when he was on, that he really cared all that much about his running mate. Now, am I wrong? No, I, I agree. I agree with him 100. percent I don't think VPs help when he really, if really, when he gets down to the polling. I think you got to look at somebody that can actually bear the burden. Remember, just project out, Sid. What's going to be 2025? January is going to be terrible. The economy is going to be in worse shape. We'll probably have 36 trillion dollars of debt. Remember. We're adding a trillion dollars in debt, national debt, about every 90 days right now. We went 30, 30, we passed 33 trillion on 18 September. We're going to pass 34 trillion on the 18th of December. We're, the trailing 12 month deficit is about two and a half trillion dollars. The, the country's finances are absolutely imploding, and nobody in Washington wants to deal with it. Trump's going to have to deal with it. His tax cuts, the great tax cuts he passed in 2017, all come up. In February 2025. So when President Trump steps back into the White House after 20 January, the country is going to be in a mess. None of these wars are going to be in better shape. The country's finances are going to be worse. The economy is going to be worse. And it's up to President Trump to turn around. That's why his VP pick, I think, is important for somebody who can help share the burden. And I'm glad you threw in Tulsi Gabbard. I think those are the types of people you have to start looking at, people who can get things done and help President Trump. And not, not helping uh, to win the election, but help him actually to govern and turn this mess around. I love her. She was uh, so great, too. Maui, uh, a couple of months ago, that devastation in Hawaii, I thought she stepped up and did a tremendous job, and she's loyal. And she is, uh, what's even better about her is she's a Democrat turned Republican, like my friend Dove Hyken. I love those types of folks. So she has uh, seen the light, and basically it was Trump who made her see the light. If you had a pick, I know this is a crazy question, Steve, because you you uh, actually uh, lined it up pretty good, all the issues in the United States, the economy, the strangling interest rates, the horrible inflation. People just can't get work. You can't get a loan. You can't get a house. Or what's going on uh, outside this country with, obviously, Israel and Hamas and Ukraine and Russia and the very likely possibility of China and Taiwan. What's a more difficult job for Trump when he gets back to office, fix America or fix the world? I think if you can't fix the world until you fix America. Look, I think he's got to put them. He's got to prioritize, obviously. By the way, I want to throw for your audience into the mix what's happening down in Guyana because there's going to be a massive war down in South America, too, the the fourth part of this uh, Third World War. I think for President Trump, he's going to have to do things simultaneously. But I think, number one, you've got to fix the economy. You have to fix. Remember, he had the greatest economy. In December of 2019, we were hitting on all cylinders, the Trump tax cuts, the deregulation, the drill, baby, drill. He, he had brought it all together. Wages, you know, were up, for, particularly for non-college graduates and blue-collar people. We need to put that in place. In particular, it's going to be different because now we're going to have about thirty-six trillion dollars of debt. President Trump, and that's why you need a deal guy in the room. I think President Trump's the only person, really, in America right now, political or financial, that can get in a room and start to fix the economy. I think that's number one priority. Because I tell you, the credit card—the thing to look at—is credit cards. You have $1.2 trillion in credit card debt at a 30% APR. You're going to start having massive defaults right now. You're going to have people that are living paycheck to paycheck and gapping that with a credit card. It's not going to be a continue on. I think President Trump's got to fix that. Once you fix that, 
then you can start to get, you know, start to uh, start to sort out this world. But look, Israel's never had a better ally. Taiwan's never had a better better ally. This thing only Trump can, I think, solve the Ukrainian situation by sitting down and hammering out a deal. So it's a lot to do, but I think the economy's first. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GoboLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. I agree with you. This is uh, the great Steve Bannon. I actually, come on, let you run. No, you're busy. Got your own show coming up later on today. They actually ran a poll on MSNBC. Anytime they want something nice with those animals, Joe and Mika and the rest of them, it's on in the background. Of course, I'm doing the radio show. There's no audio on, but they've got Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. They ran a poll that 73% Steve Bannon of Americans believe that all of Donald Trump's legal difficulties, and he's in court this morning coming up, and we know it's all nonsense, all nonsense. There's no teeth to any of these indictments, any of these cases. This is just Joe Biden's administration trying to make sure my guy can't win again. We know that, okay? 73% of Americans believe that these legal difficulties will not stop Donald Trump from winning the presidency. How nice is that? But that shows you, particularly with Morning Mika and the entire apparatus, including including Fox, that has been trying to bury and put in put in the American people's mind, particularly low information voters, that this is a problem. You just stated it right there. By the way, Sid, the most outrageous one is the one in New York City. Oh, the worst. As, as ridiculous yep. as the criminal charges are. Yep. And people in New York better pay attention to this. This is a Moscow show trial. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I was at Goldman Sachs for years, had my own uh, investment banking firm. What Trump and his team did was was a normal course of business. What the banks did was normal course of business. I don't even know what the charge is. And this shows you an out-of-control attorney general. And for people in New York, better understand something. This trial is going to have a big impact because I know tons of businessmen and financiers are saying, hey, we can't, we can't let Letitia James just arbitrarily come after us like they're coming after Trump. They can take Trump down. They can take anybody down. This trial in New York City is a big deal, very big deal. Huge deal. Are you happy that he's decided not to testify today? I am. I'm not an attorney, although his attorney, Joe Tacopina, is set to join me in about 10 minutes. I think he'll agree. Are you happy that uh, the president is not going to testify? I was a strong advocate of not testifying because he's already testified. His testimony was fantastic. They haven't been able to counter that. And this judge, I think, would pull out more crazy stuff. This judge is a dangerous guy. He's crazy. He's going to drive businesses. He's going to drive. This guy and this trial are going to directly impact everyday New Yorkers right now going into work because they're going to drive businesses and they're going to drive financiers out of New York City. And right now, New York City is on the edge. It does not need 
to show uh, the business community, the financial community, that you just have an arbitrary uh, show trial. This guy's like a Nazi, Nazi judge back in the 30s. I mean, they're just making up the law as they go. This is very dangerous, not just for President Trump, but for everybody. I'm a strong advocate. He said enough. His testimony was great. Let's just go. Agreed. Last one, and this uh, this goes to you, Steve. You know, you had to do a couple of months in jail, the whole thing, the subpoena Congress. Let me ask you this. You ought to do that, right? And you did it because you're a you know, tough guy, proud American. You start, you don't care. How about the president's brother? What, what did you do that James Biden did not do that my friend Steve Bannon had to go to jail for a couple of months and this son of a bitch is walking the streets? Well, I haven't actually. I'm still on appeals. But listen, I stood up for the Constitution against Nancy Pelosi and for president. And I do that every day of the week. I told the president what I wasn't going to do this is about how Congress was trying to roughshod this. And the J6 committee has been totally trashed now. As we know, it was a joke. It was a one-sided joke. It's exactly what they're doing in Manhattan with this judge and exactly what they're doing in Washington, D.C. and Atlanta. You see, this is lawfare, and I'm not going to put up with it. If they if they, they sentence me to four months in federal prison, if I lose the appeal or lose the Supreme Court, I'll follow the law. I believe in the rule of law. That's why I stood up. Biden is Biden's family is a crime family, and Biden's a traitor. This is treason. I was brought in by Rudy. And Carrick, early on in July of 2020, and Bob Costello, to look at the laptop from hell, given my expertise with the Chinese Communist Party about knowing about them. And I could see in 10 minutes, looking at the uh, at the computer, that the Bidens had sold us out to the Chinese Communist Party. It's obvious. And I mean for big money. The Biden, all the Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden brother, and Joe Biden should go to jail for this. Not just be impeached. Joe Biden should be in a prison for what he did with the Chinese Communist Party. Agreed. Do you uh, believe, though, on the way out here that the House Republicans uh, have enough that uh, once this uh, impeachment inquiry becomes officially maybe an impeachment process, do you think there's enough? Do you think we just have to wait for Trump to kick his ass next year? Uh, no, I think I don't think they're going to remove him. I think they should. They have to impeach him. And I think they have to bring criminal charges. Look, what the, Repub- the Republican House on every issue you talk about has the evidence, invasion on the southern border, selling out the country by the Bidens, uh, the financial community and the oligarchs on Wall Street and Silicon Valley bearing us in these debts. They, what they lack is guts. What they need right now is not more information. They need courage. And Speaker Johnson better step up or people are going to be coming for his scalp too because it, it, the, the country is on the brink. You need courage. You need leadership. And he better step up here and start making this stuff happen. This week is going to be an impeachment inquiry vote. I don't think it's going fast enough. I think it ought to be expedited. But, no, I, I think I think Biden – look, I think the Democrats eventually are going to try to make a move on uh, not running him. I think yeah. they're going to look to Newsom. I, I don't think anybody in the country thinks that Joe Biden's going to be president again. I think the country's had enough of it. And no way it could be Trump. So I think there are come to some tough decisions with this. But the Republicans ought to be driving that. They ought to be the drivers. They ought to be the protagonists. In this, in, dra- in, uh, in uh, driving the action, they're not. So I want to make you repeat what you just said as you wrap up this uh, great conversation. You know, I once asked Trump about two months ago, Steve, I said, of all the three races, I get the feeling. I don't know this. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, Mr. President. Stop me. But I get the feeling you want this one the most. And he said, you know what, Sid? That's an interesting point. I never really thought about it, but. I think you're right, because let's be honest, 2016, he had no idea. 2020, he thought he won. Now you get 2024, he wants it back, and we need him back. So he agreed that, yes, he probably does want this one more than any other. So without any doubt in your mind, Steve Bannon, no doubt in your mind, come November of 2024, Donald Trump will be the 47th president of the United States. 
Donald Trump on 5 November will win the presidency and not just that I believe in a sweeping landslide. Now, look, we have a lot of work to do, but people should remember if Trump have, had allowed them to steal 2020, if he had gone to Mar-a-Lago and just built his business, bought more golf courses, hung out with Melania, none of this would have <laughs> happened. They, they were no, no, no criminal charges. He wouldn't be in New York to try to strip his business. They wouldn't be in, in every nine states trying to take him off the ballot. His love for America brought him back to save this country. And I'm telling you, in November, I think we're going to have a sweeping landslide in the House, the Senate, governorships, and with Trump leading at the taking the presidency. No mouth to God's ears. I got to tell you, it was unbelievable meeting you Saturday. Even better, this uh, appearance by you on my radio show this morning. Um, I'm humbled. I'm honored. I can't thank you enough. You are great. Steve Bannon, thank you so much for the kind words, and thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you. Sid, thank you, and, uh, and keep hitting it. I told Cash the first day that your show was the best show he had when he bought the station, so keep it up, brother. Thank you. That means a lot to me. That's, uh, that's a great Steve Bannon right there. My man, Steve Bannon. What a great appearance. His debut on Sid and Friends in the Morning was great seeing Steve on Saturday night with President Trump.